Hello and welcome to LTC DON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Directors of Nursing Services, AADNS. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today, AADNS Curriculum Development Specialist, Alexis Rome, will talk about care planning for a resident who has COVID-19. Welcome, Alexis. Thank you, Rebecca. I appreciate the opportunity to speak on this topic today. We're glad to have you. Alexis, a PACN recently developed and released a free tool called the Individualized Care Plan Development Guide for Residents with COVID-19. Can you talk about why care planning is important given all that facility nurse leaders are managing right now in this time of crisis? Rebecca, I really appreciate this question to start our conversation today because when we hear the word care plan, we often think first about the compliance aspect of the care plan. When is it due? Does it align with the documentation and the cause? Does it capture the skilled services required and so forth? But right now, clinical leaders are focused on how to care for residents who may acquire COVID-19 and are asking, what will the plan of care be for these residents? That's what we want this tool to do, help nurse leaders work through the development of a plan to care for residents who have COVID-19. I noticed that the directions tell the reader the care plan should remain individualized, person-centered, and based upon how COVID-19 is affecting the resident. Can you explain what that means? Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, the emphasis for care planning was on individualization and person-centered care, or in basic terms, the care plan fit the resident. For example, you may have two residents, let's say resident A and resident B who have diabetes. There are clinical measures pertinent to both residents, such as managing their blood sugar levels, but when you develop a person-centered care plan, the nurse and the interdisciplinary care team ask the question, how does diabetes affect this specific resident? Resident A may have severe neuropathy and very limited mobility, whereas resident B may not have that issue and is very meticulous about following a strict diet to the point they have a great deal of anxiety about eating. The care plan for both of these residents may include a goal of managing blood sugar levels, but the care plan would address the neuropathy for resident A and for resident B, the anxiety related to eating. There is so much we don't know about COVID-19 and we receive new information daily. It makes developing a plan challenging at best. But if we start with what we do know, which is the potential severity of this virus, the anticipated symptoms, and the resident's goals, wishes, and preferences, we can still develop an individualized care plan. Now, please remember, I'm not talking about this from a paper compliance perspective. I'm saying that an individualized care plan is extremely important right now because we need to have one plan of care for residents who may experience severe respiratory complications, and a different plan of care for others who may experience a lot of anxiety, say over feelings of isolation, uh, but experience milder respiratory symptoms. The Individualized Care Plan Development Guide for Residents with COVID-19 uses the nursing process to explain the steps of care planning. Can you describe those steps? Certainly. The nursing process is a framework all nurses learn in nursing school. 
and it basically guides nursing practice. We've applied the nursing process to guide care planning, and it starts with assessment, prompting nurses to identify the signs and symptoms the resident with COVID-19 is experiencing. We list some of the common symptoms, including fever, symptoms of dehydration, such as increased confusion and headache, and compromised respiratory status, including cough, shortness of breath, and impaired oxygen exchange. We then move to the next step, which is the nursing diagnoses. This step tells us to identify how the signs and symptoms of COVID-19 infection are impacting the resident and also prompts the nurse to address the risk of more severe respiratory complications, even if the resident is currently only experiencing mild symptoms. Planning is the next step, and this is when goals are established. The goals are driven by the resident's wishes and preferences. For some residents, this may mean they want aggressive treatment, including transfer to a hospital for mechanical ventilation and other life-sustaining measures. But for others, this may mean comfort care and symptom management in the nursing home. There is a broad spectrum of people being cared for in nursing homes, including younger residents with mental health needs to older, very medically complex. In addition to the spectrum of clinical differences, there are different belief systems on the importance of quality and quantity of life. A one-size-fits-all care plan would ignore these important differences. The next step is implementation, which is when interventions are enacted that reflect the goals and wishes of the resident. Interventions include the medical, nursing, respiratory therapy, and the actions of other disciplines caring for the resident. As I mentioned earlier, we are learning new information daily, so the medical interventions that are ordered today may be different than what we do even next week. Evaluation is the last step in the nursing process, and this is when we determine if the outcomes the resident experienced achieved the care plan goals. The COVID-19 virus can cause rapid decline. Therefore, findings from the nursing assessment performed at the bedside may trigger the need to evaluate and change what we're doing frequently. For example, if the resident's goal is to be comfortable and peaceful, we would be evaluating their status to make sure this is the experience of the resident. However, we may evaluate another resident and determine that the interventions we can offer in the facility aren't sufficient to meet the resident's goals, so we transfer them to the hospital. It sounds like knowing your resident and what their individual wishes are is very important, but also necessary to develop a person-centered care plan. Is that right, Alexis? That's absolutely correct, Rebecca. There are templates for care plans, and we often use those as a starting point and then customize them for each resident. Right now, it's critical the care plan is customized, and the nurse leader and physician know what the resident wants. If advanced care planning hasn't been done to give the nurse and physician knowledge of the resident's wishes, I would strongly encourage providers to look at that aspect very seriously. Knowing the resident's wishes before they get COVID-19 is extremely critical because this allows you to enact a plan very quickly should they acquire the virus. 
there are some fantastic resources, including but not limited to the following. The first is the Conversation Project, which provides resources to facilitate end-of-life conversations about people's wishes. You can find this at https colon backslash backslash theconversationproject.org. The second is the National POLST, or P-O-L-S-T, an approach to end-of-life planning that emphasizes eliciting, documenting, and honoring patients' preferences about the medical treatments they want to receive during a medical crisis or as they decline in health. The POLST form is a portable medical order designed to support patients transitioning between healthcare facilities or living in the community by communicating patient treatment preferences. In the event of a medical emergency, when time is of the essence for medical decision-making, the POLST form serves as an immediately available and recognizable order set in a standardized format. This form aids emergency personnel in implementing patient treatment preferences as communicated to and documented by the patient's healthcare professional. This information and the documentation occur after a conversation with the resident or responsible party and involves shared decision-making. Resources and guidance specific to COVID-19 can be found at https colon backslash backslash polst.org backslash COVID backslash. The third resource is the Society for Post-Acute and Long-Term Care Medicine, commonly referred to as AMDA. It has a number of tools to help physicians engage in advanced care planning, including managing acute respiratory distress during the COVID-19 pandemic, Advanced Care Plan Tool. You can visit www.paltc.org backslash COVID-19 for their free COVID-19 resources. Thank you, Alexis. Those are great resources. Listeners, please stay tuned while we take a quick commercial break. Celebrate NAC Day this year with ANAC. Recognize and celebrate the important work of your long-term care colleagues. Find resources to share on self-care and wellness, special discounts and freebies for nurses, and send an e-card to a friend or colleague on NAC Day, May 12, 2020. Learn more at apacan.org slash NAC dash day dash 2020. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Alexis Rome about care planning for a resident who has or is affected by COVID-19. Alexis, one of the most common formats for a care plan is the three columns labeled problem, goals, and interventions. How do you translate the information you learn from the nursing process into the three column format for a resident affected by COVID-19? Great question, Rebecca. The three-column format, as you mentioned, is probably the most common, and that is why we used it on the Individualized Care Plan Development Guide for residents with COVID-19. The guide uses a question in each column that can be answered by using the information learned in the nursing process. 
The answers to each question will help the nurse and interdisciplinary team discuss the resident's needs and wishes, and then write the care plan. The first column is problem. And the question to prompt this section asks, how is COVID-19 affecting the resident? The nurse and IDT will use the information gathered from the nursing assessment and other sources of data from other disciplines to formulate the nursing diagnosis or the problem. What are the goals of care is the second question used to prompt the development of the second column or goal section of the care plan. As we discussed earlier in the podcast, the goals are relevant and centered on what is important to the resident and or the resident's representative. This is the planning phase of the nursing process. The third column is interventions. And the question to prompt care plan development is, what can be done to help the resident achieve the goals? Include all interventions that will be implemented to help the resident and support the goals of care. Once again, I would recommend the Society for Post-Acute and Long-Term Care Medicine as a source of information related to medical management for residents with COVID-19. Two points of clarification. Despite the format of the care plan your organization uses or the conditions you're care planning, the Individualized Care Plan Development Guide for Residents with COVID-19 can be adapted to help care plan development. Thank you, Alexis. Any final thoughts? I'd like to encourage all of you listening to partner with your physicians and physician extenders to stay abreast of the updates in medical management symptomatic treatment, and comfort care options. I know that is extremely difficult to do right now, but it will help you and your team plan ahead and provide individualized care for residents in the coming weeks. I also want to thank each and every one of you for your dedication and sacrifice. You are protecting some of the most vulnerable in our society. You are heroes and have our sincere and heartfelt gratitude. Thank you, Alexis. This tool and your great tips will help nurse leaders ensure residents are receiving person-centered, individualized care, especially during this challenging time. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. For more resources and tools for nurse leaders, please visit our website at www.aadns-ltc.org.